Hi, everybody, and happy almost Thanksgiving. Hey, happy Turkey Day, yes. And uh, hi, guys. It's been a minute, but there have been reasons for that. Yeah, like for one thing, Andy, you're here sitting next to me. I'm here in person sitting next to you. And that's exciting because you now live where I live. Yes. Uh, over the past, at the beginning of November, Mariah and I moved to Asheville. So from now on, it's nothing but live recordings and not just like hanging out when one of us happens to be in the other one's city. It's going to be in-person recordings from here on out. And we're delighted. Yeah, I mean, y'all won't see a difference. It's just going to kind of mean that Andy's life is easier with the recordings, but like... My like, life's a little easier. I hope there will be a little bit of a recording difference. I know for a fact this episode's going to sound a little different than usual, and the next episode's going to sound different compared to that, so... Well, I mean, okay, so... Uh, the whole reason we're doing this little stinger thing. Uh, so this episode that you are about to listen to, our 75th uh, triple question special, first time ever, is, uh, well, we've recorded it in like September, yeah. I think. Um, so it's a little on the older. We paused because Andy was moving and job things and, and all the stuff. So this one here. Uh, is an older episode. It's uh, one of our last two that we recorded before the move. Uh, the next episode, episode 76, coming at you. That one was also recorded before the move. So uh, the last episode of the year, our second one for December, that will be the first episode live, which we're going to you know record in just a minute. So just wanted to give y'all a little bit of an explanation for why we've been dormant. Uh, if you don't follow us on social media and didn't see the tweets about it. That's right, yeah. But we're back. We're better than ever. And I think this is going to be uh, a really great way to bring in 2022. So thanks, Internet friends. Bye. Hello, Internet friends, and welcome to Love Hate Relationship, an opinionated podcast for opinionated people. I'm Andy Bowell. And I'm Alex Ruiz, and as ever, we are here to brighten your day, anger your soul, and tell you how to live your lives in that order. Except we're not really doing that this episode. We will explain later, but hi, everybody. We are here. Going to be a lot of telling people how to live their lives. Uh, you know, it's episode 75. We've done 75 of these, and it ends in a five, and we do something funky. 75, holy shit. Yeah, man. You you number all the episodes. I know. I'm just I'm just saying. No. It, look, time has lost all meaning over the past couple of years, especially. But every now and then, there is a tangible like reminder that we've been doing this for almost three years, and we've got 75 episodes to show for it. And yeah, it blows my mind a little bit in a good way. It makes me happy. Sure. I I um. I just finished a podcast like it was I think I've talked about it on the show before. Um, there was a podcast called Gilmore Ball Z mm -hmm. where this married couple where she had grown up watching Gilmore Girls and he grew up watching Dragon Ball Z. They basically would watch an episode of Gilmore Girls and one or two episodes of Dragon Ball Z Kai and do like a comparative literature analysis of them. And they just, like, they wrapped that show in, like, May, after 200 episodes. They watched all of both series along with, like, some of the movies for Dragon Ball Z. And, like, they did some ancillary movies with people who were in Gilmore Girls and all this other stuff. And 
I'm I'm sitting here listening to the last episodes of it, and they're like, we've been doing this for three and a half years, and they were a weekly podcast. Sure. They like every Saturday they dropped an episode. I just went fuck two hundred episodes in three and a half years. That's that's too much. I don't know why. And at the end, they're like, yeah, we're not doing anything else. We have no other projects lined up. We're not doing anything for at least six months, if ever. <laughs> I I respect the commitment there. <laughs> I respect being like, the project is done. We're taking a break. Maybe we're just done with it in general. Who knows? I mean, it makes sense to me. <laughs> sure. Oh, God. Well, given we've been doing this for three years, my, my thoughts for this douchebag buffer are a little bit about continuity. We've, we've, we've had few and far between uh, chances to kind of make a, a running through line for the people who listen all the time. I'm not going to say let's pull open the, uh, the DC Universe handbook and, and come up with a new character. I am going to say, though... Let, let's let's give some updates about recent topics, specifically my budgeting Warhammer addiction and your puppy. <laughs> sure, my puppy is currently taking a nap next to me, just like he was last episode. Wonderful. Because that's how he do. Good. Oh, good. I'm, I'm, I'm making popcorner a thing, absolutely for sure. <laughs> My Warhammer right. addiction is very much in check, um, mostly because I've stumbled upon the rabbit hole of, like, ancillary miniature models I can paint that are much cheaper. So, like, I collect board games. I think we've mentioned this very briefly. I haven't actually talked about it in a love context so much, but I, I have a small collection of board games. One of those being the Labyrinth board game, which is literally like the way you play it is it's Labyrinth the movie and you move your pieces around. And those pieces I realized are these little small gray plastic miniatures, just like Warhammer. A little taller, actually, mm -hmm. a little, little bigger to get your hands on and paint. So... In an, in an attempt to make sure I don't go and spend money I don't have, I, I did buy paint. I will admit that. I did go ahead and buy some brushes and paint. And I have been painting a set of labyrinth figurines, and it makes me very happy. That's really dear. <laughs> oh my god, Andy. I'm, I'm happy that dear is the thing that comes to mind there. I mean, like, what else would come to mind? It's really sweet. Well, I know how you feel about Labyrinth. I know how you feel about Bowie. And I know how you were wanting to do these painting figurines things. And I know Warhammer is prohibitively expensive. Indeed. I get it. I will say, I the so, like, when I bought paint, I, I bought, like the cheapest paint I could buy just to like mm -hmm. cost prohibit myself a little bit. And there is a, sure. a genuine sense of joy in being like, I've got orange, I've got light Brown. Neither of those is the color of Ludo's fur, but if I mix them together in the right way, yeah, that looks about right. 
That's I, that's broke kid DIY. You know that, right? Oh yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> oh, sweetie. So figuring out like it's been a lot of looking at reference photos on my phone of of Jareth the Goblin King, which I, I'm not mad about at all, and being like, okay. His hair is actually kind of like this platinum situation with a, a really dark brown undercut. How do I, how do I do this? I'll mm-hmm. mix this and mix that and slap that on and do a dry brush of that. And you know what? God damn, that does look like his hair a bit. <laughs> so it's been very fulfilling. You know, there's, you know, they always say that there's something to like art from limitations. Mm-hmm. And if you have limitations, like you are, you know, choosing not to spend the rent on the paint, I get it, yo. I absolutely get it. I'm proud of you for pursuing this in a very, you know, sustainable, satisfying way. Is it satisfying to you? It's it's very satisfying. It's it's become like a thing I do, like maybe every third night of the week. And just start slapping paint on these guys. I did get I did get some of my old Warhammer figures, which are free and therefore don't count. I think I mentioned that on the yes. previous episode. So I'll paint one of those guys, and then I'll paint a labyrinth figure. And I've got music in the background, and I've got an audiobook in my headphones. You maybe not at the same time, but. You know. Why not at the same time? What's wrong with that, Andrew? That is the level beyond where I can, like, handle. <laughs> I'm really good with, like, two, maybe three things going on at the same time. And, and one of those is usually checking my phone. So checking my phone, painting figures, and either listening to music or watching TV... That's that's where I cap off. Nah, son, I literally made breakfast with salsa music playing. Actually, it was cumbia playing and uh, listening to podcasts. So the cumbia was playing in the like living room and into the kitchen, and I had headphones in with podcasts. So I I I can't say I don't get it. I just can't. I mean, I can't handle that part. It's, again, I think I've talked about this on the show before. The more impressive thing to me is my dad, who will sit and listen. He will watch, like, a soccer game on TV and be listening to, like, the news at the same time in, like, podcast or radio form. So he's listening to something. He's got... He doesn't have the TV muted. He just has it turned low with the closed captioning on. And so he's watching a soccer game while listening to the news and is following everything. And sometimes he's doing a crossword puzzle while he's doing this all. See, one, two, three things. Respect. (laughs) I, I just, you know what? That admittedly I can't do. I don't know. When I watch TV, I... It's weird enough for me to just, like, be checking my phone because a lot of the time I'm reading the subtitle. Speaking of previous topics. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I'm trying to see how many other, like, references I can cram. While I was waiting for you to get online, uh, I was playing chess on chess.com. I I somehow knew you had to have been. How did... 
like what is there do i have chess voice is there like no i just so i was running like five minutes late and i'm sitting there and i'm getting ready and i'm i know that in instances where you've been running like five minutes late i'll pull open twitter i'll maybe look at some tiktoks I just, I know you, and I, as I was getting ready, I'm sitting there being like, he is on chess.com. That is God sometimes what I'm he on, is doing. Sometimes I'm on lie chess. <laughs> because I absolutely have the two chess apps. Indeed. Indeed. I'm sure there are more. I'm, I'm quite sure there are. Mm. I'm pretty one- sure that, like... I'm pretty sure there's probably, like, a Nintendo Switch chess game that's, like, a dollar to download. And if I ever got a Switch, I would just be like, I'm just going to play the chess game. Oh, absolutely. Unequivocally. Because <laughs> I'm a handful. And and the Switch, I will say, I kind of, I, I'm kind of here for this business practice. Switch will let you make a game that is like really short and really cheap and like baby's first game design. And then they'll just throw it on their store for like literally 45 cents. I've seen this. I don't care to play any of them, but I'm just sitting there like this does not seem like it could be at all profitable, but good for you, Switch. You're helping burgeoning game designers. It's like, you know, it's like building apps. Same deal. Like, as long as it passes by, you know, the Play Store or the Apple Store's, like, basic requirements as far as, like, what, uh, like, content, which I think on Google Play is basically, like, make sure it's not malware. Everything else is fine. Right. Um, Yeah, just go ahead and build it and put it up and people will, people can, that's how Flappy Bird happened. That's how Flappy Bird happened. That's right. Yeah, just some dude programmed this game and put it up on the store, and it just got a bunch of downloads because it was super fun. And then, you know, he had to take it down because the internet is terrible and people wouldn't stop harassing him. Gross. Speaking of the internet harassing people, have you seen the latest (laughs) Twitter viral uh, trend where... James Corden stopped traffic in LA so that he could do that thing where he sings musicals at an intersection. And like, for some reason, everyone is vehemently hating this one. I think we've lost patience for shit like that. I think so too. I think this is the first one he's done post COVID. So that might be the the thing right there. I mean, like it's, There are states literally passing laws that says it's okay to run over protesters because they're stopping traffic. And never mind that stopping traffic was one of the legitimate forms of nonviolent protests that, you know, made the civil rights movement work. But James Corden is stopping traffic for content. So that he can aggressively crotch thrust a car. I like James Corden, too, but, like, I get it. I get it. Well, fair enough. Well, welcome to Love-Hate Relationship. Uh, this is going to be a little bit of a, a, a winding and, and scatterbrained one, uh, as our cold open just was. 
because normally <sighs> normally one of us talks about something we love, something we hate, and then we take yours and the internet's relationship questions. Today, as Alex mentioned, it's an episode that ends in a five. We're just going to do the last part of that. Yeah. So, like, we have done triple love specials. We talked about David Bowie, and we talked about Robin Williams. Um, we've done triple hate specials. We talked about Scientology and the two-party system. Like, we will do these long-form episodes just deep-diving one topic. We have never done a triple relationship special. This is true. And... We, you know, we talked about ways we might do this, and honestly, we're gonna a little bit do it live. So today is August the 29th. Happy birthday, Steph. Um, because it's my sister's birthday. Uh, oh, happy birthday. Yeah. So we, we just have everything all set up. And we're going to open up relationships.txt, which has been our go-to when we don't have relationship questions from you, our lovely audience. And you can absolutely still send those our way, and we would happily happily answer those in future episodes. Um, but we're going to open this up, and we are going to take relationship questions from the internet, and we are just going to fill our time with answering them with our best, most unqualified advice. I don't know about you, Andy. I'm sipping a mimosa. Um, I have a Funky Buddha premium hard seltzer. Okay. Neither of these things will get us legitimately inebriated in any way. No. Um, which is probably for the best. I don't know. We'll see if we get increasingly, ob increasingly obtuse as we continue this episode onward. But, uh, yeah. If y'all are confused, that's this is not our standard episode format. If you want to see our standard episode format, look to the episode before or after this. Most of our episodes are like this or aren't like this. But we're going to try something new because that's how we innovate. We've been doing this podcast nearly three years. This is our 75th episode. Huzzah. Huzzah. So um, I, I've got TXT open, Andy. Do you? Yep. Okay. I'm looking at the first question. It's a little long. But should we give that one a shot? Just to make sure we're on the same page here, is this um, my wild girlfriend animals. has been harboring wild animals? Yep. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to read this one. All right. And we'll go ahead and just shoot through. Sure. All right. My, I'm a 27-year-old male, girlfriend, 29-year-old female, has been harboring wild animals. I decided to create a throwaway account for this one, seeing as my girlfriend and I know each other's Reddit usernames, uh, breaking the unspoken rule I know, and I didn't want her to know I'm posting this. I'm not sure if it'll work, considering I'm going to be dropping some specific details, but I'm at a complete loss and I'm pretty much desperate for any advice at this point. Fair enough. My girlfriend and I have been together for close to three years now. We're each sober and met through sobriety-related stuff. Okay. She's honestly blown me away from the beginning of our relationship, her level of care and understanding, not to mention communication. Uh, it's by far the best and healthiest relationship of my life, but recently I've become quite concerned with some of her behavior. I never pegged her for much of a pet person, not at all disliking of them, but she never expressed any desire to own one. We moved in together about a year ago, and owning an animal never really got discussed. That was until about a month ago. I recently started going back to work in person, retail, and one day after work, I got home and was greeted by a small cat. 
I was really confused, but I figured maybe my girlfriend had a friend over who bizarrely decided to bring their pet cat. But no, my girlfriend quickly brought me up to speed on how she heard the cat outside and decided to let it in. I was a little skeptical, but I'm an animal lover at heart, and within a day of having this cat, we were both committed to now being cat parents. It was only a week or so later, however, that I came home to another cat in my house. After this, we got into a small argument. It wasn't anything crazy, but I told her I wasn't sure if we should keep the second cat. I work in retail, as I said before, so I brought up how we probably couldn't afford unexpected vet costs vet costs for two cats. We could barely afford one if anything were to happen. We ended up taking the second cat to a local no-kill shelter. I could tell my girlfriend was pretty bummed out, but I knew even through disappointment, it was the better choice. It was only a few days later till the next event occurred. It was a day I was off work and I slept in. I remember waking up to our cat meowing next to the bed. The bedroom door was closed, which was a little weird since we usually left it open, but I figured my girlfriend might be cleaning or something, and we didn't want the cat getting in the way. I walked out, and my girlfriend immediately told me to close the bedroom door as soon as she saw me. I was confused but obliged. And a few seconds later, I followed her eyes to the top of the fridge and understood why she wanted the cat in our room. There was a fucking squirrel on top of our fridge. I freaked out and immediately started trying to gather a box to trap the squirrel and take it back outside. But as I did this, my girlfriend started shouting and telling me to let it be. I got the squirrel and set it free outside, all the while hearing my girlfriend screaming in my ear. After this, we got into a pretty big fight, naturally. Uh, I was a little harsh, and I did yell at her briefly. I know I shouldn't have. But I'd lost my temper and was still pretty thrown off by having to catch a squirrel. It was not easy, especially with screaming in my ear. Things were kind of weird for us for a little while after that. She seemed short with me at times, like really closed off. I tried talking her to her about the situation a few times, but she shut me down each time and told me she didn't want to talk about it. I started to figure maybe she just had a weird lapse in judgment for these animals and hoped that while it was unfortunate that we fought, hopefully it would prevent this from happening again. But it didn't. Flash forward to last week, I was woken up around 2 in the morning, once again by my cat meowing by the bed. I woke up and saw the door was closed and my girlfriend wasn't in bed and instantly I knew something was going on. I walked out, closed the door, and I shit you not, I stared in disbelief at my girlfriend feeding three raccoons in the middle of our kitchen. I shouted instinctually, which startled my girlfriend, causing her to shout as well, consequently causing the raccoons to scurry towards the front door. I ran over and opened it, shooing them out. I slammed the door and stared at my girlfriend, who was now crying. I ended up leaving and staying at my parents' that night, seeing as I had to work in the morning and knew I couldn't sleep with the stress of my girlfriend around in that moment. I went to work the next morning and ended up coming home after, not having talked to my girlfriend all day. Within a second of opening the door, I see another new fucking cat sitting on my couch. I noticed my girlfriend wasn't home, so I called her. She answered, saying she was at a friend's house. I tried bringing up the new cat, and she just shut me down like before. I tried again and again, to which each time she irritably responded with saying we'll talk about it when she gets home, but also firmly telling me not to let the cat go. I became extremely upset and confused and ended up packing a week's worth of clothes and going back to my parents. I haven't seen her since. I've been trying to talk to her every day, but things are clearly wrong. She seems like she barely wants to talk to me, and she either hangs up on me or becomes upset and rude any time I bring up the other cat. I'm really worried about her being alone and potentially inviting new, possibly dangerous wild animals into our home. I have no idea what to do or how to even get her to talk to me about this. I love her and I don't want things between us to end and I have no idea how to handle what she's doing. I can just live with wild animals and I can't just chalk this up to a weird thing she did once or twice. 
and let it go. I think that's I can't just live with wild animals. I have to assume, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Considering it's been a continuous thing, I just don't know what to do. Let's try and not do any other ones quite that long, but Andy, um, let's give this person a name. Yeah, so right off the bat, um, the the girlfriend is exhibiting some classic stereotypical Disney princess behavior. I'm reminded of the scene in Sleeping Beauty where random woodland critters just start, like, helping, because why not? And so that would make this Sleeping Beauty and Prince, I want to say, Philip. Sleeping Beauty... And or so yeah, I guess our asker would be yeah, because it's not Prince Charming. That's that's Snow White. IMDb. I was never a Disney kid, so like sleeping. Oh no, I'm sorry. Snow White is Prince Florian. Um, Sleeping Beauty is Prince Philip. Sleeping Beauty is Prince Philip. Yes. I mean, okay. you really pick a Disney princess, and, and it works because they all attract woodland critters like nothing. But we have Prince Philip and Sleeping Beauty, and all the little woodland creatures. Andy, what's your initial take on this? <laughs> so about a third through the question, I like I knew what I would have done differently. The second my partner brings home a cat without telling me there's going to be a problem and i love cats i love animals my immediate take on this is the immediate problem was not necessarily the behavior of bringing in animals as much as the behavior of not having any communication. Not to say that it's good that she's bringing in squirrels and raccoons and shit, but this dude is a saint. (laughs) This dude has a patience that astounds me. To have his girlfriend bring in a, a a cat and just roll with it. Like, not even, oh my god, I found this cat on the side of the highway. Or anything. Just like, oh no, I saw there was a cat outside and I decided I wanted the cat. And to not have a, a, a phone call, to not, like... To not wait a day and then be like, hey, I know there's a stray cat in the neighborhood. I would really like to, like, adopt it. What do you think? To just yoink the cat. And the fact that that situation went so smoothly in this case, I think, enabled Sleeping Beauty in this case to clearly try again and to get a second cat and then to get another squirrel or get a squirrel and that's my first take. And then this, this totally devolves into like the, no, your girlfriend is having like delusions and this is a problem regardless of anything else. Yeah. I, 
I don't want to interrupt you. No, uh, I'm, but... I'm, I'm giving you uh, uh, that, that. That's my initial take. I've got one other talking point, but I'll, I'll let you go. Okay, cool. Um, so I'm exactly with you on the <sighs> I... communication is kind of the one of the core sections here. You know, if your girlfriend is asking you, can we with this dog? I'm sorry, not this dog. I'm looking at my dog as I'm talking about this. Um, but can we with cat? Can we with squirrel? Can we with raccoon? That shows, even though she's got this disjointed bit about wild animals and taking care of them, it at least shows mutual respect. She's very clearly lacking that. Right. You mention up front, and, and, and I want to be very clear, this podcast does not, you know, shit on people with addiction issues. It does not shit on people who've had to go through sobriety programs. You are valid. You are important. And you mention at the beginning of this that the two of you met via some sobriety work. It is not beyond the pale to think or assume that some of these actions, the actions seem compulsive. Yeah. It seems like she is, because I, I don't think it's, I don't think it sounds like she's going out and like trapping animals. I think she's finding random animals around and like maybe coaxing them in, but it sounds like compulsive behavior. Which suggest which is in line with a lot of addiction issues, that kind of compulsive need. Um, it looks like she's trying to do some nurturing. They're therein with some addiction issues. Again, I don't want to paint things with a broad brush. It sounds like there might be aspects of her um, addictions that are manifesting in this way. Something I, something I can't get out of my head is if if you didn't tell us that this was your partner and your girlfriend, if you were say you know a parent who is writing in and saying that your like eight year old kid is doing this, mm. I think about that and I'm like yes, you kind of expect that from an eight year from from a small child. Because that seems like such a small child action. It's such a regressive... And, and in an adult, it looks like such a regressing to childhood action. This idea of just like, I want to take care of the animals. I want to be the parent to all of these animals. I love these animals. Which in an 8-year-old is one thing. In a 29-year-old is a sign of some kind of deeper issue. I wonder about reaching out to the resources um, from some of your, you know, sobriety work and seeing if someone could, you know, talk to your girlfriend about some of that compulsion. And that is probably completely independent of, again, that lack of respect and communication for your space. But it's worth thinking about, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, you you brought it up in a way that I didn't quite consider uh, with the child comparison, but like this strikes as a step into delusion, um, you know, to the point of being 
unsafe. Um, you know, the thing the thing I wanted to talk about specific was the raccoons. You know, a squirrel's one thing. Squirrel's a wild animal. A squirrel could bite you. Who knows what the hell diseases a squirrel has, but it's a lot less likely. Raccoons can be aggressive and can have rabies and, you know, just God knows what else. I, I chuckle and I love that they all kind of instantly knew to run for the door um, instead of just scattering around the house. It's it's a funny mental image, these three raccoons just being like, oh, shit, we're made. Okay, go, boys. <laughs> sure. But it's also, like, very easy to see the mental image where, like, She's trying to hand feed these raccoons and then they like, I don't know, they want more food. And and as she's trying to do something, one of them bites her or scratches her or whatever. Like there, there was one instance where we had a raccoon outside of our front door and I grabbed a broom and I like shoot it away. And I've never seen a raccoon around since. That's what you're supposed to do with a raccoon. That's what you're supposed to do with like, a bigger wild animal that is not a domesticated pet. Yeah. Like, no, you're right. And and again, raccoons, I mean, if I remember correctly, I think raccoon bites and raccoon scratches are the first and third most common way to contract rabies, respectively. Number two, I think, is bat bites. Mm-hmm. So it goes raccoon bites, bat bites, raccoon scratches, and then I don't know what's after that. So, and you've got, if you've got another animal, like, let's say you do care to keep your first cat here. Yeah. You know, you're putting that cat at risk and your girlfriend is not listening to this. It's compulsive behavior. It needs addressing. How do you communicate with her? I mean, if you care about this relationship, you kind of need to force the question. If she refuses to communicate about this you know from your sobriety work that not everyone can be saved on your timeline. If at all, you need to care for yourself here. And if she is so deep into this regression and compulsive behavior that she's starting to threaten you, she's already threatened your safety a couple times. If she's starting to threaten your home, your safety, even your sobriety and your mental health, Philip, you may want to back away from this. I don't like saying that. And, and, and we get so many questions where it's like, I love them and don't want to leave. And it's like, I get that. I totally understand that. But if she is going down this hole and she's starting to drag you down with her and she's not getting help and she's not seeing the problem you know what you need to do. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'd like to have the faith that, like, um, I, I want to have the faith that, like, this relationship isn't unsalvageable. Certainly, your girlfriend, Sleeping Beauty, is, like, going to some extreme lengths, but, you know, maybe it can be... Maybe she can talk to somebody else with resources and maybe it can be like drilled into her head that this is a, a new symptom of the uh, problem that she's already spent a good part of her life trying to deal with and, and work through that. But definitely, I think the way this gets resolved is 
present that as a hard um present that as like what your girlfriend needs to do if she cares about you in this relationship and yeah i don't like ultimatums i don't believe in them this isn't quite an ultimatum because it's about her safety too but it's like I need you to accept that this is a problem and make steps to work on it. And if you are unwilling to do so, then for my safety, I'm going to back out of this. All right. All right. Andy, you want to pick the next one? I do. You know, I, I scrolled down a little bit and I, I saw a question that's kind of the exact opposite of this. Um, it, it's another long one, so I don't think we're going to get into it, but it's just funny that, Immediately after that, you go down and there's somebody whose boyfriend is trying to remove the plants from the apartment she pays for, like remove her plant collection, which is kind of the exact opposite of the problem that we just uh, you know, discussed. <laughs> it does make me wonder how many of these are real. That's a fair point. This one feels yeah. pretty real. This, this is a short one. My boyfriend gifted me a puzzle that I already have in my collection. Should I tell him? Okay. This is this one seems nice and low stakes. Right? <laughs> I know this isn't serious at all, but I just feel bad for him because he was so excited and got me a cool puzzle. I collect them and I have quite a bit, so I don't blame him for not knowing. I already have that. I don't blame him for not knowing I already have that one. Should I tell him so he can return it? Or should I keep it a secret and we make that one together? I'd also convince my family to not mention it if I were to keep it, since they know I've built that one already with my little brothers. Too lazy okay. to read. Boyfriend got me a puzzle I have already. Should I tell him? Okay, so we got to talk here. Like, okay, coming up with a name. Um, we got a few things to work with. We got puzzles. We got collections. We got somewhat clueless boyfriends with their gifts. Hmm. Not thinking about Hellraiser. Not thinking about Hellraiser. Hellraiser's not applicable. <laughs> oh god! See, I think of puzzles, and I'm immediately just like, "Is this is is this like Yugi Moto?" Like, oh, okay. I I, I dig that. Okay, so it'd be Yugi Moto is the asker. Who would have gifted him a puzzle he already had? Joey? Joey. Joey is clearly the one who wouldn't pay attention. All right. Yugi Moto. Yugi and Joey. We're making so many um, circa 2003 <laughs> fanfic writers very happy right now. I mean, eh, yeah, eh. it makes sense. <laughs> okay. So you read this one I, i'm gonna probably say honestly for like for me yugi i've been in your position before um more in joey's position than in your position yugi but like i've been in both of your positions before um i've been told i'm a little hard to shop for i've absolutely had people gift me things that i already had i've absolutely gifted people things that they already had andy Wait, what? <laughs> oh, wait, no, I didn't actually end up giving it to you. Oh, so wait, so for what? reference, um, <laughs> no, there was one time where um, for Andy's, I think it was your Christmas gift, I 
uh, got you the audio for um, the Sandman oh, audio right. series. That is correct. And Trey. you already had it, so I ended up getting you something totally different, and I kept that one. Yeah. <laughs> but like, but yeah, all this to say, it's a you know what? This is actually a super normal thing. I'm gonna tell you from my perspective, I'm terrible at gift giving. It just like. And I think it's something about how I, how people are raised, because like, I don't like when I think about gifts, I'm always like, well, what do you need? What's the practical gift? I'm very bad at the like, give you a gift that you're interested in. It's why I demand that people have hobbies so that you know what to shop for them. Um, and I get very angry when they don't have hobbies. Mm. Um, but I, I totally understand. And but for me. It is always better to be honest about this. Number one, like, because if you aren't and they find out later, that is shitty. Number two, they don't learn otherwise. Like, be nice about it. Communicate about it. But but be nice. Be like, I love this. I love that you got me this gift. I do think you should know that I already have it. But I really, really appreciate it. Why don't we go and return it and I can pick out something else and we can talk about that. Like, there's no reason that gift giving needs to be part of why I hate surprises. Going back to, you know, referencing old episodes. Um, or was that one of the, like, practice episodes? Whatever. No, I hate that, surprises. I believe that was one of our very first episodes. Yeah. So I hate surprises. Um, I think surprises are terrible. I think people who are like, oh, yeah, if you give a gift, it has to be like a total surprise. No, like, no. If you want to build up to that, fine. But give your boyfriend a bit of your taste. Like, pick out some gifts with him a few times. Let him know what you want so that he can kind of learn that. If that's something you even care to do at all, just be nice. But definitely tell him. I don't think hiding it from him is a good idea. Andy? Yeah, I, I by and large agree. That one seems like a lot of work. It, it, it The most I would say is it might be one thing if you were the only person who knew about the original puzzle and you could, like, find something to do with it and hide it away. But I, I don't agree with the idea of trying to tell your family, hey, okay, forget that. Forget when we did this. You know, uh, this is such an applicable thing if you look at it in a broader sense, because, you know, like you said, yeah, it's it's somebody has a collection. Somebody had a well-meaning like thought to help add to that collection and wound up getting a duplicate. That is something a lot of people can take advice from where this gets specific. And what's interesting for me is like puzzles are almost as much about the assembly as the final design maybe even more so because if you just want the picture you can just get a painting or a poster or whatever a puzzle is something you make and you build um and i think the the fun and the joy and the connection from that comes from the process so what i would say is if you think that your boyfriend would not appreciate the idea of trying to pick out another one or he would feel disappointed or something. I do still agree. You can tell him, but what I think you could do is elaborate and explain. I would rather keep the one you got for me 
and donate the other one or something like that. I want to make this puzzle with you. I want to have that experience. I want to make that memory. Or if you do think that, you know, it wouldn't be too big of a thing to be like, I love you. I appreciate this. I, I knew you didn't know this, but I do happen to have this puzzle already. Can we find another one? Let's pick out a puzzle together. Let's pick out a puzzle we both like. What I'm getting here is um, Joey is very clearly caring enough to try and share in your hobby with you. Or at the very least, like, show that he respects your hobby by contributing to it. And that's a really wonderful thing. And just because of this instance, there's no reason it has to be a bad thing. If Joey wants to be hyper considerate, he can take like pictures on his phone of all the puzzles you've got and then reference them for other gift giving ideas later on to make sure this doesn't happen again. But I think there are a couple of different options. Um, and, you know, by and large, if it's if it was records, you know, it would be the same thing of, oh, my God, thank you. I have this one. Let's find a different record by that artist that we both like or Let's find a record from a band we both enjoy. If it was comic books, you know, it could be a lot of things that you can collect can be enjoyed the same way. Um, so that's my thought on that. Yeah, I I think that's great. I mean, honestly, just I don't like to create dynamics in relationships where people like. There is a difference between lying to safeguard feelings and handling difficult situations gingerly and doing your best not to hurt feelings. Mm. You can, if you're going to be honest in a relationship, you can never guarantee that feelings won't be hurt. You can pretend to guarantee that feelings won't be hurt by lying. But it's a, number one, it's a false guarantee. Number two, it's a bad dynamic because you're just going to be inviting unexamination. And like you're stunting his ability to grow by lying to him. So give him a chance. Like, and maybe he'll never get it right. Maybe he'll never be good at it. But let him try. And if he's excited, l listen, I have. I I have learned the hard way so many times how hard it is to meet a partner's expectations and hopes. And the nice thing is, after years and years and years of that struggle, you eventually find a middle ground where you're like, okay, these are your expectations. This is what I can do to meet them. Sometimes it works better than others. I hate surprises, but I will plan you surprises. You guessed my surprise because you think about surprises a lot. Well, that sucks, but I'm going to keep trying. Like, it just... This is part of the balancing act of a long-term relationship. So let him grow, be honest with him, be kind with him, and go from there, Yuki. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. Yeah. All right. I got the next one pulled up. This is a little farther down, Andy. Okay, perfect. Um, uh, so I cooked an amazing meal for him. He took pics, then told all his friends he was the one who made it. Ooh. Yeah, this one sounds like a douchebag. So um, I wanted to do something nice and made dinner for the guy that I'm thinking about dating. He came home and was so overfilled with excitement and gratitude when he saw what I was doing. 
He took photos of the process and the finished product, posted it all over his social media and everything. The next day, he told me that his friends were so impressed with the pics he posted, and he took all the credit for it. He took everything that I taught him that night and used it to sound like he knew all the steps and how he did it. When he told me this, I let him know I was pretty disappointed. I told him he lied and he didn't give me credit for all my effort. I could care less, uh, that should be, I couldn't care less, um, about the approval of his friends, but it's the fact that he did it is what irks, irks me. I know it seems trivial and doesn't seem like a big deal, but red flags are usually like that at first, right? The way I see it, he must be very insecure to have to lie to make himself appear more valuable. We've been talking long distance for about a year, but didn't meet in person until five weeks ago, and things have been good for the most part. Nowhere near perfect, but good. He's been pretty good about being there and tending to my needs. I don't know if I should be concerned about this. It was kind of a huge turnoff, to be honest. Okay, so we need... It seems like we should have plenty of examples of dudes who take credit for like their partners or their women their women friends or their oh yeah women women around their them in their lives doing cool shit there there are multitude i have one that immediately comes to mind what you got so did when you still played video games did you ever play tony hawks underground uh no i did play tony hawks pro skater um, which I know that's the same series, but okay. Underground Tony Hawk's underground is maybe the best skateboarding game of all time. In my opinion. Um, okay. It has an incredibly like well-written for a skateboarding game story mode in which you and your friend, Eric are two like skate rats from Jersey who are invited by Tony Hawk and Bam Majera and Chad Muska and all those guys to like try to make it big. And it culminates in going to Hawaii and you, the player character does this like amazing trick where you like you, you jump the gap between two skyscrapers and it's, you have to do this to progress with the game. And then what next happens is your friend Eric, who was filming the trick, edits it so that it looks like he did it and steals the credit. And your player character can be a girl, which makes it all the more, like, fucked up, in my opinion. So that's what immediately comes to mind. If you've got something a little more... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. See, most of mine are from history. That's fair. I probably I'm played that here game like... 30 times, so it's very drilled into my brain. <laughs> oh god, cuz I'm sitting here like I think of I I think of um Zelda Fitzgerald and F Scott Fitzgerald and him completely ripping off her fucking diaries to write his shit or I think of um oh god, what was it? In Hidden Figures, um how I mean, basically, all the credit for all of the black female mathematician stuff was just being taken by fucking Jim Parsons in mm, that movie. Sure. Um, I like Zelda and F. Scott. I, I can deal. I, I like that. All right. Zelda Fitzgerald. I'm here for it. Um, I'm so sorry, Zelda, for your uh, eventual uh, 
in, in uh, your eventual internment in a mental institution. Indeed. Oh, God. Okay, so Zelda Fitzgerald and F. Scott Fitzgerald. <sighs> Do you want to take the initial bout here, Andy? <laughs> yeah, I'll go ahead. I mean, this one just... This is incredibly shitty. This is so narcissistic and egotistical to an extreme from F. Scott's perspective to have a really lovely night, to have a really great, like your, your girlfriend came over and made you a home cooked deal and it was a home cooked meal and it was amazing and you loved it. And then to turn around and just recontextualize it through your lens to the point of I made this, I created this, I know how to make this. Here are the things I say that my girlfriend told me that show that I know how to make this. This is a man who unchallenged will not deal well with specifically the romantic women of his life outshining him in any way, shape or form. Uh-huh. Question asker calls this trivial. I do not think it's trivial. This this is a damning precedent when it would be so easy to he could still even talk about this in a way that is braggadocious on his own behalf while making it clear you made this by being like, "Oh my god, check out my amazing girlfriend. She's such an incredible cook. I'm so like happy and lucky." And 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 that's still making the night about him. But at the very least, then he gives you credit. The, the outright denial of credit and, and taking of credit, taking of your credit, Zelda, that's, you know, saying that you've been talk, taking long distance and didn't meet until five weeks ago, I think you've got a perfect out to sub out of this relationship if you want. The only other option I see is you squash the shit in the bud right now, and that might end the relationship anyway. Yeah. Yeah, you ain't wrong. Um, I'm going to... I think Andy covered what is my honest-to-God instincts, which are like, okay, you've been talking to this dude long distance for a year. You've only just started meeting, and he gave you a... This is a pretty big red flag. I'm not going to front. Um, you say that other things are generally good. Not perfect, but good. Okay, that's that's not the worst thing, Zelda. Like, I, Is there a world where you, um, you and him move past this and you continue to have a healthy, burgeoning relationship? Yes, but... The only way to do that, and literally the singular only way to do that, is for you two to have a conflict about this, and a reckoning about this, and you being clear about, like, you will not do things like that. Because that is disrespectful, that is misogynistic on a very, very deep level. And basically being like, I don't know what kinds of things you have done with other people and especially other women in your life, but you will not act that way with me 
you will not act that way with anyone if you want to stay with me because there's frankly like there's there is already too much of that shit there is already too much of dudes who just take credit for shit that the women in their lives did and this could be a moment that there is a small and i and i want to emphasize there is a small chance that this experience his relationship with you and his being called out on this is the beginning of a reckoning that allows him to bend towards being better. I do think in good relationships, we challenge ourselves and are challenged to be better. But number one, that's not your responsibility. And number two, you have no guarantee that he will actually do that. So if you wanted to give him another chance after this happened, I wouldn't say like you shouldn't, but it's, I'm talking like one other chance. Yeah. This is incredibly disrespectful. Yeah. And like if he, and, and you should absolutely, if you plan to continue this, keep an eye out for additional red flags of this kind. You should be listening to how he talks about other women. You should be listening to the things that he does brag about and asking him questions to dive into those accomplishments. You should make sure that you have no quarter for any additional lying. It's not unfair for you to be like, you should take down those social media posts and or like replace them with something that actually gives proper credit. And like address this shit. Because if he doesn't, frankly, he's just a piece of shit dude and there's too many piece of shit dudes out there and you don't want to be wasting your time more than you already maybe have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Andy? Uh, I've got a couple. I've got two I want to go through really quick because they're very short. Okay, hit me. Um, Scrolling back up a little bit. The first one, can I rent a billboard saying that someone owes me money? I have a customer in Texas that owes me a substantial amount of money. I have threatened to rent a billboard right outside his office, making the public aware. Is this even legal? (laughs) I have an answer to that. um, But first, do we want to give this person a name? This feels like a very Homer Simpson thing to do. (laughs) I mean, it super is. Oh, God. Do we want to do Homer Simpson then? I think so. All right. Homer Simpson. I believe. And... I, Go on. I, I think it's just Homer. I mean, yeah, somebody owes him money. I mean, the only person I could ever see owning Homer Simpson money is Barney Gumble. I mean, he could owe money to lots of people. Um or do you mean that he loaned money to that yeah, Homer I'm, I'm loaned money to? I'm saying Homer is trying to rent, trying to make a billboard saying you owe me money. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. I will say, um, for reference, and I'm literally googling it right now, but uh, yep, no, this is, would be illegal. Under the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act, uh, this would qualify as legal harassment, and you would be open to, uh, I believe, misdemeanor charges and a civil court lawsuit. 
I'm glad you went first because I was going to guess that it was simply because I I've seen billboards of people trying to get athletes traded like like the city of Buffalo right now at time of recording has a billboard calling out the general manager of the Buffalo Sabres asking him to trade hockey superstar Jack Eichel. That's ridiculous. I've also seen the uh, billboard of the guy who owns the billboard and every like week it's a new picture and he's stripping slowly. And then the last picture is somebody rents the rent, rents the billboard. Jesus Christ. But good to know that this would be illegal. Yes. Um, for anyone out there who's wondering, for you, Homer, yes, uh, it is absolutely illegal uh, under the federal law or under federal law for you to do this. It is legal to post like now. Hold on. It would be legal to post like something insulting about that person. Mm-hmm provided that it doesn't fall under libel. So you're going to want to be really, really careful. If you're okay, if you're going to do this for serious, you're going to want to hire a you're going to want to hire a lawyer. You're going to want to make sure that you vet what kind of message you put on this billboard, because you cannot put down that they owe you this money that qualifies as harassment. You need to be careful about what you write to make sure that it doesn't fall under libelous law because libel is illegal and you can be open to lawsuit. But basically, find yourself a lawyer, consult with them and be like, all right, what can I put on this billboard that is legal that I'm protected by, but will still make this dude's life shitty? I don't have the answer to that. I'm not a lawyer and I don't pretend to be. But if you hire a lawyer for your pettiness, it should help you out. You may end up spending... I don't know how much money this dude owes you. You may end up spending more money than is actually owed on said lawyer and billboard. But, um, yeah. This is not legal. Don't do this. But you can do something. You can do something. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, that... that <laughs> That was more time than we thought I'd spend, and I'm I'm not mad about it. <laughs> uh, you said you had another short one? Yeah, uh, directly under that. My wife, 31, is trying to convince me, 42, that I can bang old ladies for money. So here it is. Essentially, my wife and I are on a vacation in a fancier area than we should be. We are renting a modest beach house for the week, and people around us have these giant mansion lawns. People pushing golf carts that are probably more expensive than my car. We were at the bar, and I was being flirted with and bought drinks all night by seemingly very wealthy old single ladies. My wife admits I'm very skilled, and I could net a pretty penny putting my skills to use. I, on the other hand, don't want to bang old ladies. What should I do? Keeping with the sitcom motif, this this feels like a very uh, late season American dad plot. This feels like you Stan think? and Francine. I, I could see this exact hat plot happening with Stan and Francine. 
All right, I'm not mad about it. It's better than me being like, okay, I'm thinking of American Gigolo. I'm thinking of the Deuce Bigelow movies. Thinking I'm thinking of, of like, I'm thinking of like Swayze and Dirty Dancing. Like, but I can go ahead and put down Stan Smith, American Dad. I don't think we've used Stan yet. We've used Steve. We have not used Stan. All right. I'm there for it. We should make a list of the relationship names we've used. Well, fortunately, oh, they're in the episode titles, so That's, a small amount of true. research will help us. Uh, I already do too much of that for this show. I'll get bored. This is our least research-heavy episode ever. That is true. I, I'm sure I'll get bored and make it eventually. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I'm going to be up front. Like, it doesn't maybe i'm wrong stan but it doesn't sound a whole lot like francine is trying to convince you to bang old ladies it sounds like she's ribbing you at least based on this question and how you're how you're phrasing it but um in answer to your question what should you do you don't want to bang old ladies Don't bang old ladies, dude. Yeah. Like your your wife is not your pimp. Did you I I'm assuming that at least financially you're in good enough place where if you don't want to turn to sex work, which is a completely valid profession, but if you don't want to do it, you don't have to because you are doing well enough you and your wife to be able to vacation in a modest beach house for a week so like don't bang the old ladies andy yeah i mean in a word no the direct question is what do i do nothing if if you know my my take on this which admittedly took some liberties from the question my take on this was the wife is playful and open enough to not have to, to be interested in some form of, of financial polyamory. At, at the very least, the wife is sitting here being like, you, you could do this. I mean, I listen, I know you're going to come back to me at the end of the night. It doesn't sound like the wife is jealous in any way, shape or form. None of that really matters. Cause Stan doesn't want to bang old ladies for money. You know, it did just occur to me, he, he could also be um, Nathan Lane's character from The Producers. <laughs> only, oh my god. Only not, because, um, oh my god, what's his name? Max Bialystok does bang old ladies for money. <laughs> this is true. I mean, he could also be um, Ray Fine's character in Grand Budapest Hotel. This is true. Uh, Stan yeah. does not want to bang an old lady, so Stan doesn't have to bang an old lady. If, if the, the the most that can be done with this, I think, is your wife is trying to, like you kind of said, trying or no, you said she was ribbing. I think probably what's really going on is your wife is just trying to have let you have a little bit of confidence in yourself. And oh my god, I just like world brained this. I take everything back. Your wife doesn't want you to bang old ladies for money. Your wife wants you to have the confidence to absolutely destroy her tonight. <laughs> That's what's <laughs> happening here. I mean, maybe. 
That's that's an option. Um, this one might be more of a stretch, but not really if you run by the numbers. Um, the majority of um, marriages that open up into some form of polyamorous arrangement, statistically speaking, most of the time that is done so at the behest of the wife sure. in hetero polyamorous relationships. Maybe low key your wife is trying to open your marriage in some way mm -hmm. and what kind of arrangement that would be. Who's to say that doesn't necessarily mean she wants to be involved in anything or, you know, maybe she is as certain kink circles refer to. Maybe she's a low key cuck queen. Um, and if you don't know what that term is, um, turn on incognito tab and Google it. <laughs> um, unless you are, um, one of my parents. Don't do that, mom. Yeah, um, don't, don't do that. Yeah, no. Um, but the point is, this is a possibility as well. Um, there are a few options here. I like to think that, you know, I, again, based on this, the text of this question, I just think it seems like gentle ribbing. I think Andy's statement of boosting confidence sounds also pretty plausible. Um, you know, it could be a number of things, but at the end of the day, Stan... You don't have to fuck anybody you don't want to. Ever. That goes for all of you as well. Absolutely. Indeed. So, Alex, I'm thinking based off the time, depending on how long it, it takes, let's let's find one or two more. I, I'm imagining yeah. this next one will be our last one, so bring us home. Okay, I got one. So, husband, 36-year-old male, bought me, 23-year-old female... Uh, baby stuff for my birthday and my parents saw. They don't want me to have a baby with him. So. My husband oh, and I got married. My brain immediately took that a different direction. <laughs> you know, it did for me too, but I actually read this question and I think it's pretty interesting. Okay. So. Um, keeping in mind, everybody, there is a 13-year age difference between these two. 36 and 23. My husband and I got married a month ago. My parents have always had mixed feelings about him. They like him, but really wanted me to be with someone my age and have the, quote, 20s experience, as they call it. My birthday was a few days ago. That morning, he bought me a little he brought me a little box. Inside was a baby blanket, a couple of baby bottles, and a stuffed bear. We've always talked about having a baby, and he wanted to give me those things, whether we try for a baby now or not. I set the things down on the dining room table and didn't really talk about it. Later in the day, my parents came by before we all went to dinner. They saw the baby stuff and confronted me about it while my husband was out of the room. I told them I'm not pregnant, but I probably will be in the future. They said they don't want me to have a baby with him because he's a, quote, old man. After that, we went to dinner and it was okay. My parents were pretty wild in their 20s and they expect me to be the same, but I'm not like that. I'm pretty quiet and shy, I don't drink or smoke, and my husband was my first boyfriend. I've always wanted to start a family, and now I have a chance. They always encouraged me to go out and even offered me alcohol when I was a teenager. I don't understand why they want me to be a degenerate and waste my 20s doing all the stuff they did. Okay, there are layers here. There are, uh, yeah, there's a lot here. Yeah, so where do you want to start, Andy? Well, we, oh, well we actually, we have to, to start name. with a name. Of course, yeah. Yeah. 
So, hmm. The whole winter, spring. I guess this is probably more of a summer, autumn. Uh, kind yeah, because they're. I mean, there. There's a definite age gap here, but it's. You know, it's thirty six, and uh, you know, does this fall into the half your age plus seven years thing? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Thirty. Yeah. So. Hmm. Oh wait, no, it doesn't. Half his age is eighteen plus seven is twenty-five. So yeah, she's a little younger than that whole rule. Yeah. But um, okay. What's a what's a good name here? I think the most famous um, couple I can pull on from pop culture would be Ashton and Demi. It's a gender swap, but you know. If we wanted to gender swap a May December romance, we could do Harold and Maud. <laughs> sure. Oh, oh, Buster and Lucille from Arrested Development. They're they're mother and son, Andy. No, Lucille Ostero. Oh. Oh, <laughs> Liza, oh, Liza Minnelli. All right, Liza so we've got Tony Hale. All right, Buster Bluth, it is. <laughs> Jesus, oh, that makes me happy. <laughs> oh God, please cut down that wait time a oh, little. Of course, of course. Okay, Buster Bluth. Andy, where do you want to start with this for Buster? <laughs> I want to start by congratulating and and saying I'm proud of Buster in this for like having a good sense of self, I think, you know, it, it, this, this starts as one thing and absolutely turns into a different, this, this starts as a defense of the May, December romance. And I will say, you know, in my own personal experience and by personal experience, I mean, people I know, you know, a a relationship being good or bad doesn't have so much to do with age after a certain point. You know, this isn't, this isn't a 60 year old man trying to have a 19 year old bride or anything like that. Um, you and I both know, um, a couple who the um, younger one is a solid 18 years older, younger than her husband. Yeah. I, I also, I, I know a few couples with age gaps like that, or like a, one is 18. Uh, I know another one where the age gap is, I think um, 14 years. Um, I have, de- I've seen 10 years before, like, this 13 year age gap is not again it's enough to raise an eyebrow it's not like a 13 year age gap age gap when someone is 56 and 43 yeah doesn't feel like nearly as big a deal um, especially because buster you're only 23 but uh, I, I mean honestly i raise more of an eyebrow at the fact that you know your husband was your first boyfriend 
that makes me, you know, a little off-put, but also I'm not, I don't think I'm overwhelmingly surprised because you say that you're pretty quiet and shy, um, you know, you're not much of a partier, you also you use terms like degenerate which like you're 23 homie like yeah that one's a little judgy i I will say yeah and like and 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 that is to say nothing of the fact that um you know buster's parents um george and lucille other lucille lucille bluth um is i mean they're kind of shitty here too because clearly your daughter is not interested in what you view as the right way um to have your 20s and that's fine yeah and it should be fine and like if they were if they were sitting here like they sit here and go you shouldn't have a baby together because he's an old man like sorry friends the ship sailed when they got married like, if if you didn't want them to eventually have kids together, you should have voiced this shit when they were getting married. Yeah. But they're married now, plus Buster's an adult, you kind of don't have a... Every parent out there, you don't have a right to comment on your kids having kids whether they're not having them or they're having a bunch of them. All of us love you. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. I'm not picking up any, like this is more of a, a context of question thing than anything else, but I don't pick up a red flag from the husband, Lucille Ostero in this case. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm picking up some red flags from the parents. Um, yeah, the whole, we had a fight and then we all went to dinner and it was fine is some of the most skin crawlingly passive aggressive. We're, we have a massive issue, but we're not going to voice it unless it's, on our terms and only our terms uh, behavior I've ever heard of. Um, you know, your, your husband bought you these baby items as a symbolic gesture and a testament of love. It would be a entirely different thing if he had done this of his own accord, but you've had conversations and, and you've made your hopes and intentions clear. Even if you haven't sat down and said, let's make a baby, let's do this. You've, you've said, I want to have children and you're my husband. There's a logical through line there. I really don't think he's doing anything wrong here. Um, and, and that's why, you know, this devolves into being about the parents. And it's so interesting. Her parents were wild in their 20s and expect her to be the same, but she's introverted, quiet. She's she's playing off a bit of, like, extra mature, more mature than her age. And I wonder how much of that is directly tied into the perceived immaturity of her parents, not to get total psychoanalyst here. 
Mm. Yeah. But, you know, we're, we're, we're skipping all that. The fact of the matter is that Buster is quiet, shy, doesn't like to party, would rather do their own thing, and has a husband who accepts them for who they are clearly and has a connection with them and, and has a life plan. And it's it's George and Lucille Bluth in this situation who are just exhibiting so many, like, this is... This is the same thing as trying to get your kid to focus on being an athlete because you always wanted to be in Major League Baseball. Only it's about or because sex. It's, yeah. Or because it's the only way you know how to connect with them. Yeah. Like, that. that is the other common thing here is like parents who go, well, I did it this way. So that's the way it should be. That's the right way. Right. And yeah, you know, Lucille and George do not see Buster for who she is. They see her for how she should be based on the context that they came up with. They have an issue with Lucille Ostero because they view him as an old man because it's not the life that they would have picked out for their child. But again, these ships have sailed. And Buster, if there's anything to impart for you here, like, number one, keep your self-assuredness. I'm not going to lie. I am still kind of squeegee about some details about your relationship with Lucille. I am. The fact that, you know, you married your first boyfriend... And you have that much of an age gap is concerning. It makes me assume that you two started dating when you were, you know, probably like assuming that y'all I'm assuming y'all dated for at least a year before getting married. Mm. Did not consider which means did not consider what you're talking about here. Well, that's the thing. I'm sitting here going like, okay, so a 34, maybe 35 year old man started like, let's let's use a. Let's use a short but moderately reasonable time frame here. Let's say that they spent a year dating and then a year engaged and then got married. She just turned 23 Mm. a month after getting married. So if we're going back two years, roughly, then that means that she was on the verge of turn. She was like... Right around 21, maybe a little younger, maybe a little older, when these two started dating, which means he was 34, 35, I'm sorry, 34 or 33, when they started dating. A 33-year-old dating a 20-year-old, Reads I don't worse. like it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, yeah. And like, we, we don't know if you went to college, for example, uh, or if maybe you were already, you know, out of just like you didn't go to college, you graduated high school and you were just working or if you even graduated high school. We don't know any of these details. But there are things about your relationship here that squeege me out. And because we only have your perspective, Buster, I have my points here where I am hesitant to be full throatedly like, yes, absolutely. This is the way things should be. 
if your parents were saying we're concerned about you, if this were a question about you two being engaged and your parents were like, we are concerned about you marrying this much older man because you're shy and introverted and he's kind of the first person you've ever dated and you're 21 and engaged, this would be a very different question. Even if you're sitting here going like, I can't believe my parents, my boyfriend is amazing. Yes, you know, we there's room for your boyfriend to actually be amazing, but there's still stuff to raise an eyebrow at. Salient point, yeah, and I, I absolutely didn't think about the leading up to moments of this. Yeah, and if they, and if someone here wants to be like, oh, well, maybe they only dated for six months and then got married after six months of engagement, is that better? Is it better to go, you started dating when you were freshly 21 or freshly 22 got engaged after six months to this 35 year old six months later were married and then turned 23 that's not better <laughs> yeah so there's no part of this that isn't without problem but to answer your question if we're gonna take buster at her word and you know what she She's an adult. She deserves for us to do that. If we're going to take Buster at her word, this is just the person she connected with. We don't really know much about Lucille other than she clearly is hoping to have children with her partner, with his partner at some point in the future. We know very little else. Um, tell your parents to fuck off, honestly. Like, your 20s are yours. If... You don't have to be talking about degeneracy like that is weird. Don't don't judge your parents for what they did, but you can absolutely judge your parents for what they're pressuring you to do. Yes. And it doesn't and it doesn't matter if your parents don't want you to have a child. If you want to have a child, that is your choice. Yeah. Absolutely. So Thank you, Buster, Lucille, Philip, uh, Homer. Uh, you know, we 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 Stan and Stan Zelda. and Francine and Zelda. Absolutely. No, this is Yugi. This is fun, and and this is a lot of like you know we're we're gonna probably post this link and and wallpaper uh, Reddit relationships or Twitter relationships txt a little bit, um, but. You know, there's there's never any um, guarantee that the people here. I I'd like to think that somehow our our message will get out to people and they can take our advice, especially the one where the guy could wind up in legal trouble if he uh, goes through with his billboard scheme. Straight up. But no, this is this has been fun and this has been a little bit different um, than what we normally do on love hate relationship. But I, I had a really great time. If you yeah. have relationship questions, we we really love getting them in person because it gives us a chance to know directly that there's a much better chance that someone's going to listen to them. And you know we've we've gotten questions in person, and I, I think we've gotten feedback once or twice, and that always really makes us happy to do. 
Um, you can send those into love hate relationship podcast at gmail.com. We promise we'll read them. I, I want to do this again, Alex, and I, I would love to do this with a bountiful bank of, of real listener questions. But even if not, just going down relationships.txt is a lot of fun. I mean, we answered six questions here, two kind of short ones. So we know about five questions will fill an episode. Yeah. I feel like we can get five questions. Here's hoping. I don't know. Here's, here's hoping. Um, you could subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, or even TuneIn Radio. Hey, Mom. Um, you can also rate and or review us on each and every one of those, if that's you know where your fancy strikes. And uh, follow us there to keep up with new episodes, or subscribe to us to keep up with new episodes. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at LHRPod. That's L-H-R-P-O-D. Keep up with new episodes there or see whatever we're tweeting about. Uh, we will also give updates on our various topics there. Andy, maybe you can post some of your Warhammer painted stuff Hell yeah. there. Yeah, and I will find things to yell about, yell about I'm sure. Um, you can follow me, uh, on, oh wait, yeah, no, you're doing Andy, the thing. You're, what <laughs> I'm doing the thing. I don't have notes in front of me. Maybe I had too much mimosa. You're, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and Lichess at a underscore X underscore R U I Z. And I totally did this backwards. Andy, you did. I was like, you're saying it in the right order. Maybe I've had too much of this, uh, delightful key lime cherry hard seltzer if you want to follow us personally you can follow me andy boel uh, i am at jovocop2113 on twitter um, and where i have been posting my warhammer stuff is instagram which i've uh, never I, i've never paid too much attention to but just for the fact just for the sake of it for the first time ever, 75 episodes in, you can find me on Instagram at Sir underscore Acha with two A's. That's Sir underscore A-A-C-H-A. You can also follow my other uh, podcast, Cult Fiction, with the incomparable Stephanie Johnson. Um, we don't take relationship questions on there. What we do do is we... Um, we watch cult movies and we have a great time doing it. So you can find cult fiction everywhere that Alex listed that you can find love, hate relationship. Alex, say the thing you say at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Y'all. Um, this is an absolute blast. Triple relationship special in the books as ever. Tell your enemies. <laughs> you know, I'm sitting here being like, there's no way we're drunk, but certainly acted like it that last 30 seconds. <laughs>